Another edition of 360 Degrees. Right now, it's just me and uh, and Odie, and hopefully we'll have Blue and uh, Mercedes jump in. But uh, for right now, uh, Odie, you there? Yes, I am. Good morning. Oh. All right. All right. I'm trying to get my voice low because somebody's ringing my doorbell, and I don't want to use it, obviously. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. Good morning. <laughs> I, I, I heard you say that. I thought it was someone that you knew. I, did, I, I keep forgetting. Right, so, welcome, everyone. Yeah. No. No, <laughs> I'm not expecting anybody. So, bye. Telemarketers, Jehovah's Witnesses, whatever. Not telemarketers, but whatever. Salesmen right. or Jehovah's Witnesses. No, thank you. So, anyway, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Urban Breakdown. Uh, yeah, hopefully we're going to see uh, Mercedes pop on later and or Blue. So, um, But, again, welcome, everyone. I don't have a lot to talk about, um, but two, like, two things just popped out in my ratchet world this week. Um, one of them, the main thing was, um, hmm, let's see where I should start. I want to start with... Um, I'm going to start with this fuckboy story of a guy I've never heard of before. And this story comes out of Memphis, Tennessee. I'm not sure if you heard about it, but I want to bring this up just because last night I talked to um, a good friend to the show and former, I mean, he's still part of our family, obviously, but um, he hasn't been on the show in some time because of the time difference. But <clears throat> I'm talking to, to Charles. Mm-hmm about dating, about online dating and getting back out there. And he was just like, you know, are you on Plenty of Fish or, you know, any of those, like, dating apps right now? And I was telling him, no. And I need to change the scenery and just kind of, like, over the fuck boys in Raleigh. I need some new fuck boys because I feel like a lot of guys ain't shit and they're fuck boys probably everywhere. But um, I'm just, I just feel like right now Raleigh is a little saturated with fuck boys. And the story did not help my. Uh oh. I think we've lost Odie. I still see her, but I can't hear her. Hmm. 
Yeah, she was taping on her phone, and she might have, uh, I think she was home, but she probably had a dead spot someplace. Well, she's not home. She's in a, she's traveling. She's in a hotel. I don't want to start over yet. Let's see if we can't catch her. Mercedes. Hey, I'm assuming we lost Odie. Yes, we, we just lost her. And it was funny, just as you came on, because it's funny, I could see her in the list, but then I lost her in mid-sentence. Wow. Maybe her phone went dead. Yeah, and she just texted back her call just got dropped. Oh, okay, got it. So uh, I'll tell you what we'll do. Hold on. Let me, let me go ahead and stop the recording. All right. And welcome to another episode of Urban Breakdown. This is uh, 360 degrees. So right now we have uh, we have Odie, we got Mercedes, we got myself, uh, and then uh, hopefully Blue should be popping on in uh, just a moment. So Odie, go ahead and get it started. Thanks, Mert. Um, so <laughs> I was just talking to uh, Charles, good friend of the show, last night. Um, about online dating, and I was just like, no, like, I'm kind of over the fuck boys. There's a lot of trash out here. I'm not, I got too much going on right now to kind of sift through trash to get to any potential treasure. Like, I'm I'm definitely over this dating shit right now. And then this story comes out that further solidifies my ridiculous-ass perspective about just how, how fuck boys some of these guys could be. And, um... This is just a crazy-ass story that comes out of Memphis, and I want to share it with y'all because it's so ratchet and so awful that I'd love to hear what you guys think. So uh, this guy ends up asking this girl out on a date, but he doesn't have a car, So, which is not like a huge deal or whatever. It's not a huge red flag. Depending on what city you live in, it's really not a big deal. But instead of saying, oh, like, I'll just meet you at the spot that we're going to, like, he um, asks his date to come pick him up. So she does, and they proceed to go to a gas station, and he's like, hey, can you run inside and get me some some black and mild or whatever? And she goes, she goes in there, and this dude takes off in her car, like just pulls off, peels out, takes off in her car. She's calling him. She's trying to reach him on social media. He's blocked. I mean, she's blocked. And uh, a couple hours later, she gets a text from her god sister who's like, oh, that guy asked me out. What should I do? Because <laughs> she knew at this point, like, her god sister's car was stolen. So um, now this is where the story gets really interesting to me because this is some shit I would do. Uh, basically, she tells her, like, accept the date. I can't believe all this transpired in the same night either, but... Um, she tells her guys, so yeah, go on a date or whatever so I can, like, find y'all, track y'all down. Um, and so they go to, like, a drive-in movie theater. Which I didn't know they still had those in a lot of places, but okay. And uh, she used the GPS to track exactly where they were. 
And at that point, that's how she got her car back and got him arrested. Now, I was looking at this dude trying to figure out what in the hell possessed her to not only say yes, but to, like, actually pick him up on the date, on your first date, <laughs> and, and proceed to go out with this guy and then go in the store and buy his little cigarillos or whatever the hell he asked for. I, I was just like, I, my conclusion is, like, the the market must just be dry. That's the only thing I could think of. Like, he probably broke the minimum requirement just by asking her out on a date. Because a lot of dudes be on some Netflix and chill shit nowadays or just, like, come, quote, unquote, let me cook for you and just try to get you in a position to just want to have sex. And that does not qualify as a date to me. Right. But I don't know. Like, have you guys ever, like, ignored red flags to that extent? Not necessarily, like, with a date, with a relationship or a job even. Um, I guess in in this in, in the situation in regards to the uh the story you just told, uh first of all, freaking wow, okay. Second of all, um when it comes down to dating, a lot of people are in a position, especially nowadays, a lot of people are just freaking single. We all know how we've had conversations about um the whole institution of marriage and people and how they do or don't take it serious, but a lot of people are just freaking single. And being alone is something that no one wants to be. So a lot of times I feel like people settle for attention or maybe that faith filler, not really critiquing the person the way they should before they jump into a situation or even a bed or, in this case, a car with them. So uh, I don't know. I've definitely avoided people based on small things, and the smallest thing turns me off from people. And I, I hate that I'm like that because it puts me in a situation where I'm always dating. Yeah, that's yeah. – uh, yeah, so once I finally get into a relationship, I mean, at that point, you know, i got to care about you to consider a relationship with you. So if you do shit that pisses me off, that's one thing. But I feel like in her case, she had to just be, I don't know, especially if i got to see a picture of this guy. She had to be just lonely, maybe. That's the only thing I can think of. And he wasn't, he wasn't fine or nothing. Like, he wasn't, I saw his mugshot, and uh, I didn't see nothing to be like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> like, no, nothing about that made me. They were from Memphis. Oh, nice. I, I just I just can smell the dirt through the phone. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. That that that's the the whole dating field is just fucking trash. It's like it's terrible. You know, I I, I, I heard. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I heard a comedian say talk about the dating scene. I mean, he's married now, but he's talking about the dating scene. He was like, dating scene is like a. Uh, a fun nightmare with boners, you know, but the key word is it's a nightmare, like meeting new people, especially, you know, on dating apps and stuff like that. But I, I do think that some guys like these, uh, like these fuck boys and stuff and stuff like that, they do take advantage of people's loneliness to get in. I mean, you, you figure it like this, a woman who can actually, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to insult this woman. Sorry, I saw the, I saw the motion. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like a slightly fatter version of JoJo Simmons from Run's House. That's kind of oh. who favorites to me. It's mainly oh. the nostrils. Oh Jesus, that's even worse. But um, I, I I think the bad thing is that some people do take advantage of other people's loneliness to take it to to you know to get in and just take advantage of them. I mean, for me, I have I have been dating in in, in a while, you know. And 
I think I'm past that point where it's like, oh, you know, woman's paying attention to me, so now I'll just, you know, I'm just, at this point, I'm just like, meh. Like, I was on dating apps for a little while, and I was just like, nah. Like, I don't really give a shit anymore, you know. But I do, but I know a lot of people do. And a lot of people, like you said, they don't want to die alone. They don't want to be alone. For me, I, I've come to, I've gotten used to my freedom. So, like, like you, Mercedes, the little things I pay attention to more than I should. Because most people, they have, they worry about the big things. And the little things are just the cost of doing business to be in a relationship. But I guess when you're at the point where, uh, for like me, uh, where it's like I just don't really care anymore, so the yeah, little yeah. things do stand out more. So I, I can agree yeah. on that. Yeah, I've actually, um, like, there was when I first got divorced, I remember I, I was like, you know what, I've been sitting here for over a year and changed by myself. I said, let me try to date. So the first guy I dated I felt like was the first guy that paid me any attention. He wasn't ugly or anything like that. It's just that over time he became, uh, he started to show his true colors. And when we finally stopped talking, he told me that it was um, the reason is because I had too many children. Now, everybody know me. Everybody knows that I talk about my five kids all the time. I didn't hide my five kids from him. In fact, I went back to our first conversation and saw where I definitely mentioned my five kids to him. I, at first, I was hesitant when I first started dating to tell people how many kids I had. But I was like, Dad, if you don't want me and my, my whole little, you know, starting lineup, I can care less. But right. I told him, so that's your very excuse for not wanting to date me? That makes absolutely no sense. So that right there made me hesitant to even get back out there again. So when I did date the next time, which was for an extended period of time, well over a year, I actually dated this guy that knew I had five kids because I would known him most of my life. So I decided to date him, and we ended up for totally different reasons. Um, more religious belief reasons, and it was stupid. And it was just, I was like, you know what, I can't take this anymore. It was like the Hebrew-Israelite meets the, you know, spiritualist, and it just didn't go right. So that was that. So when I got back out there again, I was like, I can't, I, there's no way that I'm going to keep running to this same crap, you know. So as a woman, having dated so much, well, only three times really, since my divorce, I will say it, it does become, um, you do get lonely. Um, you do get put like put your, you get put in like situations where you have to choose and pick. You know, would I rather be alone or would I rather give this guy a chance? And maybe, or am I wasting his time by letting him pay for dinner for me, or should I just go out and eat and make the best of it and see what happens? It's dating freaking sucks. It sucks because sometimes you do waste six months to a year to almost two years with somebody when you have like at first you click just fine, but the smallest thing can set people off. It's just that also I don't feel like people work hard enough to try to make relationships work when you do get to that point. Because right. the one that I've spent over a year and some change with, almost two years with, he came back later, oh, I messed up, I shouldn't have let you go. Well, guess what? It's a little bit too late for that playboy. And I was actually pretty damn single at that point. You know, I wasn't really dealing with anybody, but I just felt like I said, you just chucked me to the, to the wolves because of religious beliefs. And, and it wasn't even religious beliefs. It was like a barely an argument. And if you feel that strongly, yeah, we don't need to be together because I guarantee you, me with my always right ass and you with your righteous ass, we're going to get into another argument about the same shit again. So I said, you know what, I'm not going to do that. But he has since, you know, went on some other route spiritually, which I can't even explain to you what it is. But as human beings, we have to accept the flaws in other people, and I accepted his flaws and he didn't accept mine. So that's where you have this whole I don't want to waste my time complex comes into play. Nobody wants to waste their time. That was almost two years wasted with somebody I had known my whole life. Now, that's crazy. 
that's that's totally different than meeting some guy on POF. Like, right. like what the hell? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it makes you apprehensive to get back out there and try again. It's definitely a scary thing. Like, I'm wasting moments of my life. I'm really big on not wasting time. My biggest pet peeve is waste my time, and I swear to God you'll never hear from me again because that's the <laughs> one currency that you cannot get back. Right. Currency values more than any dollar, any coin, anything. You cannot get that shit back. I can work a thousand hours and make money back all day. I cannot get my time back. And that's and, and, yep. and I could have I could have given it to my children. I could have done something else. But and then people are like, oh, take it as a lesson learned. Fine. I'm 32. I'm too old to be learning lessons. I got it. I'm good. <laughs> Let's get this shit right and make it work. So it's just that's what makes it, you know, that much more. Um, scary, I guess. So, yeah, people just don't want to be alone. and We take chances that might yeah. turn into two, three, four, five-year relationships or marriage even. But in the end, yeah, you go back to the beginning. What caused me to talk to this person in the first place? I probably didn't want to be alone and I enjoyed conversation at first. And then it kind of spreads out from there. I feel right. sorry for the girl who got uh, her, her car stolen, but uh, a little guy, I'm sorry, that picture is so funny. He looked like he just didn't give a shit. Uh, oh man! He looked so dirty. Oh my god! But um, he she probably just didn't want to be by herself. And I bet she wasn't even that bad looking of a girl herself. And I we bet. Tend to I bet. Accept- she, she clearly already had the economic advantage. Like she must have had a place, and obviously got a car. Yeah, exactly. So she, they she had an advantage. Cannot afford to take her out. Oh. Exactly. Well, what he needs to do is find himself a criminal. <laughs> they can do terrible things, end up in jail, and mugshot together. That's just awful. That's I, just awful. I, I figure like this at, at this point. You know, talk about like wasting time. I, I heard a comedian say that when uh, he talked about going to a high school party and then they trashed the the, the home because it was a home. It ended up being like the teacher's kid at a party, and no one liked that teacher, so they ended up trashing the place. And then when he saw the the kid in school, he talked about all the stuff that happened at the house, and he said, yeah, and then they stole uh, antique photographs, you know, of his, like, his grandparents and stuff like that. So years later, he was with a, a, another person, and he's like, you want to see something? So he had, like, a hidden room behind his bedroom, and all across the wall were just antique photographs. And he was like... Like, why would you do that? Why would you steal antique photographs? He said, because it's the one thing that they can't replace. And I was just like, that's cool. But um, when you talk about people's time, you're right. Like, if you're in a relationship, I mean, you figure at this point in time, every relationship is not going to end in marriage. That's usually like when you're younger, even at your age, Mercedes, I don't know if that's, you know, like, I know you're probably like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, of course, but you're not thinking, oh, okay, I see somebody, oh, this guy looks cute, we're, we're going to be married in two years. I don't think that's ever anybody's case. You figure, all right, no. we'll get together, yeah. and, and let's see how it goes from there. And I, I think the wasting time part just comes from, uh, I remember Karis one talked about breaking up with his uh, longtime wife, Miss Melody. And he was yeah. basically saying because, you know, he wanted to grow in a relationship and she really didn't. That's kind of what it broke yeah. down to. You know? That happens sometimes, too. People want to play and stay in this talking phase forever and a day. And so after that first situation I was in when he mentioned my kids, that's why the second situation the guy had known for so long, he had four kids. 
So he couldn't, he had to understand where I was coming from. So that was one problem we didn't have. But I felt like I chose also for that reason, you know, I've known you for a long time. We got a bunch of kids together, you know, well, separately, but definitely you can't really judge me on five kids when you have just as many. But so I tried again, but it's like you accept the little things or you accept the things that should be major, and then it's the little things that break you apart. That's that's the part, another part of dating. And then that talking phase, everybody wants to talk and play games until somebody plays a game, with, a, a game on them. And it's just, mm, I don't know. I don't want to be out there anymore. I don't, I don't like it. So where I am right now, the relationship I'm in right now, if it doesn't work, I'm, I, I can't tell you what I'm going to do. I'm probably just going to be single and free and jet-setting or something. I can't take it. The one thing for me, like, I, it's funny, and I'm probably going to talk about I talked about it a little bit on Monday about people who are, uh, they call them incels. So they're involuntarily celibate. And it's because, I mean, let's just face it, these dudes are assholes. They think that women should be subservient to them. And then they wonder why they can't find a woman, like why women don't want to have sex with them. I'm like, yeah, because you're an asshole. For me, I kind of just had that thing where I just dropped out of the game. And then now I don't know how to play the game anymore. I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't know what to do on a date. Like, wait a second, do I pay or do you pay? You know, it's kind of, it's like the basics are just gone because, but because for a while it was just horrible disaster after horrible disaster. And then it's just like, it's like if I drive a race car, if I crash my car in every, I don't mean like just brush up against the wall and mess up the paint. I'm talking about car flip over 10 times every single time. I'm just like, maybe I just shouldn't drive anymore, you know, but I look at it like this while I'm not actively dating or actively looking for for romance, if it happens to come, I'm not going to reject it. But at the same time, there are a couple things like the whole religion thing. I'm not trying to mess with your religion. Like, I'm not religious. And while I'm not an atheist, I'm steering close. But if you're religious, I'm not going to waste your time because I'm not going to church. I'm just not. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, and I'm the same uh, way. I'm, I'm not religious. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Odin. No, I was just going to say, like, um, <laughs> take a little time to transition into my second point of trash men and odd couples, or at least seemingly odd couples. The other thing that uh, caught my attention this week and I'm still in a little disbelief about is the marriage of Stevie J and Faith Evans. Yes, Faith Evans, who was once married to Biggie. If I'm not mistaken, Faith got remarried, and I... I do remember reading an interview a long time ago that tickled me, it cracked me up, um, that really made me, like, like Faith as a person even more. And she said something to the effect of, like, people treat me like like I'm, you know, uh, Coretta Scott King or, you know, um, Betty Shabazz. Like, just because I was a young widow doesn't mean that <laughs> I'm not going to get remarried or live my life. Um, she was like, this wasn't that kind of situation. And basically, if I find love again, I'm, I'm on it. Like, I'm not going to stop living my life just because I lost my husband at a really young age. <laughs> so well, that's all well and good. I appreciate that sentiment. But what I did not expect her to do is marry trash-ass Stephen Jordan, Stevie J, also known as Stevie J, from Who knew they were uh, dating? Love and Hip Hop. Who knew they were dating? They tried it, like, last season on Love & Hip Hop. Not this past season that just wrapped up, um, but maybe last season. There was, yeah. like, 
tension, like where they that was kind of a storyline where him and Faith were starting to flirt and date. Um, of course, like it caught people's attention, but it wasn't believable. I know a lot of people, including myself, who watch the show regularly, was just like, oh, that's unbelievable. Like I feel like they're forcing it, but I guess it, they tried to. I guess it was real after all, like in hindsight, yeah, uh, because this past know. season, it just, they don't they just don't match. They don't match. They don't they don't match to me, but maybe now I will say this though, like reality TV can paint whatever picture they like to paint. Um, and this this year's Stevie uh, Stevie J storyline was him dating again another one of his artists, uh, jo- a very Jocelyn like replacement, not in personality at all, but, you know, she's a Spanish girl, uh, not the Puerto Rican princess, as he called Jocelyn. This one was, I can't even remember where she's from, but he ruined her career like he ruins everyone's um, at this point in the game. And uh, I don't know, their storylines seem contrived, so that's why, like, I I can see if, like, he was acting out for the camera, and they pretended to be together for the storyline. Um, but obviously this marriage proves, like, I feel like people don't play with marriage, but I don't know, maybe people do try to play around. He did play married to Jocelyn um, and pretend to be married to her, but they weren't actually married. So the fact that he has actually gone through with marrying Faith, the clicky wedding in Vegas, maybe it is real. Um, but a huge know. red flag is reports were saying like she didn't want he didn't want her to tell anybody because he didn't want basically anyone to talk her out of marrying him. So I'm like, if people can talk you out of it, then that's a huge yeah. sign that you didn't do it. Like, what it's the fuck? He knows that people are gonna. <laughs> CBJ knows he's right. a hot mess. Um, I, I, it's just weird. It's just freaking weird. I don't know. I just could I would have never put them two together. But that's what, like, there are a lot of celebrities that have married each other that I just want to put together. I mean, you know, everybody felt like that in the beginning when Beyonce and Jay got married. Like, when everybody, you know, knew they were in a relationship, it was just freaking weird. She's young and he's old, and it was just, uh, I don't know, it just didn't match. But they're well, a beautiful couple now. Well, I, I put it like this. I mean, you figure with, with Beyonce and Jay-Z, it, it did seem a little weird at first, but at least Jay was about something. So it wasn't like she married like it wasn't like she married some one hit wonder rapper. You know, Jay had you know he had a, a strong rap career at that point. So yeah, Stevie Jay, he's a what was he a producer in, out here in these streets, <sighs> whatever he was. <sighs> I, I I even understand Jay and B's situation because I'm like. I just I could even understand that. I don't understand Stevie J because he just I'm really trying to figure out like what does he bring to the table like other than the fact that he's CJ's goddad like godfather, which is even odder like. And if you look at Twitter's um, Facebook, I mean Stevie J's Twitter account, you can see he has a picture of him and Biggie there. So it's just odd. It's just odd like. I mean, I'm not saying that people can't be friends and fall in love, but it's just what the entire fuck. Like, it's this is an odd situation. And then the other make things messy. Um, Faith had gone on. I'm not sure if this was before she got married or after, but she had gone on Nor- um, Noriega's podcast. Um, and 
basically said that she ate Biggie's ass. Noriega asked her, did Biggie eat the groceries? She said yes. Depending on who you ask, but she said yes, but I reciprocated. And I'm just like, oh, I could have gone my whole life without knowing that. Like, nobody cares that you eat ass, especially Biggie's ass. Like, oh. And the fact that we'll never hear Big Side, he can't even, like, defend himself or clap back or anything. Like, ugh, just no. Just no. <laughs> so that was, like, my my world of weird news and dating and just hot-ass ratchetness. I can't even call it sophisticated ratchet. It was all ratchet. It was all ratchet this week, so. Ugh, well, that's all I got. All right. Mercedes, what's on your mind? Okay, give me one second here. I'm sorry, you guys. While we were chatting away, I got hungry. <laughs> give me a second. Um, <laughs> I got, I'm sorry, I had to pull up the Wendy's. I'm starving. Um, I'll go ahead and begin, though. So um, I'm not very big on politics because, to be completely honest with you, especially with our, our government, nothing really appeals to me because nothing is really for our black people or the betterment of our black people. But when it comes down to... I guess the um, the root truth, especially through music, artists showing exactly how they feel about this country, and not only them, other artists as well. I kind of, you know, I guess I'm not going to say, I guess I kind of lean more towards that. Um, so there was, uh, everybody knows about the beautiful, amazing This Is America song made by a childish Gambino. Right. So a couple of different artists. Um, there was one in Nigeria, one in Iraq, and a couple other ones made um kind of like, for lack of better words, like parodies to the that song. And the one that stuck out to me the most was This Is Iraq, because most of his song is talking about how America is corrupting their country, claiming they're going to come back, help and clean it up, and never get back, and still continue to kill his people. <laughs> so I'll put the videos in our group chat, and um, if you guys want to take a look at them to get a better understanding of what I'm about to say. I don't know. I think every every single day I have less and less, want to be in this country. I don't know exactly where I would go. Um, I don't even think Canada. some of the countries that... I was about to say Canada. You know, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to say, I don't think there are many countries in Africa where... Um, I, I take that back. I want to go to Ghana. But I, I don't know if there are any other countries where I would actually want to live and dwell. But um, I definitely don't want to be here anymore. I don't know. And it's sad that other countries are even just... They're just as corrupted by our country as we are, and it's sad. I mean, I don't know. We still got our soldiers in places where I feel like we never belonged to begin with um, and different things like that. But it's uh, – give me one second, you guys, because I don't want her voice in the background. I'll get Blue to edit this out. Yeah. But I, I, I will say this if I could jump in a moment while you're grabbing a quick bite. Um, I get mad when uh, you get people like Trump – you know, uh, Beta Cuck 45, as I've been calling him lately, after his disgusting uh, press conference with Putin, where he did everything but eat his ass out on stage. I know Blue would get on me for saying that because he's a very visual person, but, you know. But when they talk about refugees and they talk about, um, you know, not admitting refugees from uh, Honduras and El Salvador, and I'm like, if you go back to the 80s, you know, uh, you know the whole uh, – the Iran-Contra thing, the Contras were, I believe, don't quote me, I didn't look it up beforehand, I apologize, but that's Central America. So all that stuff that was going on in Central America, 
that was us involved in that. So their country is the way it is now because of us. So we owe it to them to take their refugees if you want to look at it that way, you know? Because, I mean, these people are hurting, and we are part of that misery, even in Iran. Um, Iran, I don't, I'm not going to come out and say that they were democratic, but the reason why they're a theocracy now is because of us, because we toppled their leader and put in a puppet, uh, a puppet leader who treated the people like crap. So that's why they had that big revolution, and, you know, that's when he took the hostages. And that, I mean, that cost Carter his re-election, how the whole hostage situation was handled. But that was because of us. That was because the CIA did their meddling. So our thing is, my thing is, yeah, so with the whole, with the Russians meddling in our elections is one thing. You know, if they're just going in kind of like how the CIA did to other countries, you know, hacking our voting machines, that's too far. If they were, you know, when they were trying to do that. But if you're dumb enough to believe the propaganda that they put through, I can't do nothing for you. But the thing is, we ruin a lot. I heard a comedian say, America is like a giant retarded trust fund kid with nuclear weapons, and we just go to other countries and <laughs> ruin them. And that's yeah, what we, we do. Fuck shit up. And, and Iraq is a perfect example of that. And I got into politics about the time of the Iraq War. So seeing that video brought back a lot of, and I, and I feel like it made me feel guilty watching the video because yeah, as, that, that's what I felt too. Yeah. Cause as much as I talked about Iraq and I, you know, I just, I mean, before we had Twitter and, and stuff like that, I just sent emails to my friends on my friends list talking politics, you know, and talking about Iraq and with, there's so much that goes on that a lot of stuff just gets pushed to the back. You know, we owe the Iraqis a lot. That's, that's, that's where my guilt came from. Um, and sitting in this country as black people, we can barely, you know, help anyone. But um, the American society or just our government alone, they do owe the Iraqi people a lot. We've killed and tore their country apart to pieces, and it's sad. It's, it's one of those things where, as an American, since I have to sit here and call myself that since I sit here in this country, um, which I don't want to call myself that, but but since I'm here, it was just it was just like when I watched that video like three times, I was like, yeah. to see it, you know, and play through music and and and, and, and almost a perfect visual, just like Ch- Challenge Gambino gave us about the corruption in our country. We're not only doing that shit here. We're doing it to other people, and it's just right. It, it, it's trash. It's one size fits all. And the boot. Yeah, it, it, it's it's yeah. uh, and the thing is, like I know, like you said about African Americans, I'm like we can we can't even go to the we can't even go to to CVS without getting snatched up by cops. So helping the Iraqis, I, I, we can't do nothing for you because we don't want to because we just can't even get back to cops <laughs> in our own cities. You know, yeah, to be able to help anyone else. That goes yeah. back to that conversation that I've had several times about it, it's a it's a known fact. With no matter how much they want to try to hide it, that in numbers, a minority, so-called minorities, definitely outnumber the Caucasian quantity of people in this country. They don't want to make it seem that way, but we do. Um, and that goes to show as many people as we have here, and we know there are more of us than them. We still are helpless. 
that's another problem that we have in the black community that we well we, the black community really can't do anything other right. than you know I mean when, when it, it'll come to light and it will be very well, very apparent when it does. Some, 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 I didn't, mean, I, didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. I'm saying from what I from what I know, like Caucasians are still, as far as numbers, they're still dominant as far as numbers go. But their numbers are dwindling, and that's the problem. That's where all that fear comes from. Like you know, the people well, in Charlottesville walking on the street saying uh, Jews will not replace us and all that other stuff. Because yeah, they're the they're the majority for now, but that number has been dwindling a lot over the last couple of decades. And, you know, yeah, Fox yeah. News, they push that point uh, to the front to make people afraid. And when people, well, people are afraid, they do stupid things. I'm, um, there, was a, there was this whole thing about um, the whole, you remember how census used to come around like every 10 years to the homes and pretty much, you yeah. know, get, you know, the quantity of people per state, whatever. Well, right. there was this big thing, and I'm going to find it. I know you know a lot about politics. I don't know if you remember it but where um, they were forging numbers uh, in the black household to make us seem like we were less in number. And there was this one guy, I cannot remember his name. I'm going to find this article, and I'm going to drop it in our group. But he actually um, found or, or, or tried to expose the fact that we literally outnumbered them. But they, they sent him to jail or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but... He was um, for, for some type of fraud they were trying to get him for. I'm going to find it so I can, you know, get my words together. But basically he was going to expose the fact that we do outnumber them in numbers on paper. We literally outnumber them by the millions. That's why they kill us and try to get rid of us the way that they do because they know eventually, well, first of all, they're dwindling, yes, and, and by the millions over the past, I think, about five years, of like about two million because, one, on top of that, we're mixing we're 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 mixing with them greatly and i don't know hold on one yeah. second yeah, i'm not so sure about the uh about the outnumbering thing but if you if you do find that article please post it i would love to read it yeah, yeah i'm definitely going to post that article i'm sorry about that you guys i was trying to park and i was yeah. not parking the right way oh. but i do know that when you when you made uh when you mentioned about the census that um yeah. Now, I don't know, we'll put it like this. I don't know of any documented cases of, of census being uh, actually uh, doctored. I do know that, but I wouldn't put it past anybody. <laughs> so it's not something that to me where it's like, oh, that, that would never happen. Of course it would happen. Absolutely it yeah. would happen. Because doing that, because here's the thing, whenever somebody gets killed in a, a movie, right, and there's cops on the scene, detectives on the scene, the first thing they say is, well, when this guy died, who benefits from his death? That's the main thing. So yeah. the whole census thing, there is a benefit to it. So if they misrepresent the numbers, there are people who will benefit from that misrepresentation of numbers. You know, If they make it so that there's less uh, people in certain communities, then that means that there'll be less, uh, less services that go to that community. You know? Right. So... Right. Is there's a definite advantage to doing it. So, yeah, so just because I haven't seen any documented cases of it doesn't mean it's not happening. Oh, in this country? Yeah. Oh, it's definitely happening, you know. But, you know, having the proof is something else. But, I mean, with this administration, nothing would happen. I mean, this administration is, is kind of doing it because they wanted to add something to the census that hasn't been added in decades. 
which is about the immigration status. Because if they add the immigration status, you know, with all the fear that's been going on, you know, with ICE and everything else, that people would simply not fill out the census, which is a more direct form of, well, I say a less direct form of doctoring the forms. So instead of, because here's the thing, if you go, if they catch you doctoring census information, you go to prison. But if you make, if you legally make it so that people are afraid to fill out the census, then that's a different matter altogether. So it's, it's tough. It's really, really tough. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough to swallow, I should say. It's easy to believe, but tough to swallow that people would, would do that. So when people say that, you know, there may be, I mean, I definitely believe that there's probably more of us than what's listed just because of stuff like that. You remember when, um, uh, what was it, Terry McAuliffe, in, um, if I pronounce his name right, in Virginia, when he passed a law stating that if you were an, uh, a felon, that once you finish your probation, and I, I may be getting the, prob- the probation part wrong, don't quote me on that, but definitely he was restoring voting rights to people who were felons. Because in Virginia, if you were a felon, you were no longer allowed to vote. And there was a woman going around to ex-felons and helping them fill out their voter registration card. She talked to one of them and she said, hey, um, she said, listen, um, have you registered to vote? And he says, well, I'm a felon. And she said, well, we call him Governor Terry. Well, Governor Terry uh, made a law. You can vote again. Like people didn't know. So right, right, right. it was um, there's a lot of misinformation being spread, a lot of things going on behind the scenes. So it's hard to swallow, but I definitely believe it. <laughs> I'm not going to be that naive guy who be, who's like, well, that would never happen. Yo, yeah, oh, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> it can definitely, definitely happen. So. So we lost Mercedes, I think temporarily. I think she's still outside trying to park. Hope she didn't hit anybody. Um, she's pulled up the set, so she'll be hopping off actually unofficially. So okay, okay. So um, we'll we'll move on then. That's it. She'll she'll jump back in. But that was a good point, you know, that she brought up about the uh, about the Iraqis and the fact that. We did, I mean, as the American populace, we did kind of forget about them. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Al-Qaeda in months because there's so much other stuff going on. Like, every day there's something new. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and it's hard to just keep everything in your head. So seeing that video, it just kind of stung because it was like, God damn, we really did forget about the Iraqis because we ruined their country. You know? Now I mean, ruin their country, like, oh, our music is shitty. I mean, ruin their country, like, people are dead. Hundreds of thousands of civilians died, type ruined, you know. So, but on on some much lighter thing, American racism, much much lighter subject than uh, than Iraq. <laughs> I saw I, I saw a video of uh, Roseanne Barr, the article really, but the article had the video in it. And I get so sick and tired of these fucking people, man. I really do. I don't mean to to curse like that, but you figure. If I, if somebody told a racist joke, like if I meet somebody for the first time and we're all at a table at Applebee's somewhere and somebody told a racist joke, right, and I just consider that person to be a racist from now on, I'm like, well, that guy's a racist. He told a racist joke. 
that would be unfair, you know, because they may be the nicest person in the world. Their humor just may be a bit off color, you know, no pun intended. But, you know, just because you vote for Donald Trump, you know, it doesn't really make you a racist, you know, and I've said that before, and I've also said the opposite before. So I've been on both sides of that fence, so I had to kind of, I had to kind of parse it out. It's not the people who vote for Donald Trump who I deem to be a racist because people voted for Donald Trump for many different reasons. And I think the reason why I can say that is because I know people personally who I love and respect who voted for Donald Trump. You know, and they didn't vote for Donald Trump. They voted for him more for economic reasons and more because the Democrats failed. You know, I mean, I thought the Democrats failed too. I just chose not to vote at all. I voted for my local elections. I didn't vote for president which Blue never fails to mention, which is fine. Because, I mean, when you, when you make a decision like that, you got to live with it. So I don't mind. And, and I've, told, I've told them as such. I'm like, look, you got to rub my nose in it, rub my nose in it. Because the Trump fans, I'm rubbing their nose in it. It's the Trump fans who I get on. Because their president just keeps on being racist, and they just keep cheering for him. And then he'll do something and then they'll be against it, and then two days later, Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be like, well, he said this when he went to say that. And I'm like, see, everything's fine. Those are the people who I really deem as kind of racist because they're just, their president just keeps on being racist, and they just, keep on, they just keep on going with it. But Roseanne Barr came out, and she said that uh, she basically she had a, a minute-long video the video, I didn't see the whole video before that. So, to re, for a quick recap, uh, Roseanne got on a former Obama aide called uh, Valerie Jarrett. I think it's Valerie Jarrett. And yeah. uh, she's an African-American. And he bas- she basically said that she's a mix between Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes. Now, if anybody knows anything about America especially about African-Americans, you don't compare African-Americans to apes because it is a long and vicious trope about comparing black people to apes, right? Yep. So you just don't do that. And she did it, and they fired her from her show. They canceled the show, and now the show is back on without Roseanne. So I may actually watch it now. (laughs) I'll even go as far as to get on the ABC app and watch it. And I hate those apps because they're full of commercials. So, but my thing is this. She came on and said that the only reason that they were getting on her like this is because she voted for Trump, and that's not allowed in Hollywood. Now, I will say this. There are some actors out there. I, you, will, you will watch a, a YouTube channel called Looper. Mm-mm. So it's like entertainment stuff. So they may have like, uh, so they'll have stuff like uh, all the Jokers, you know, from everywhere, from all the cartoons everywhere, ranked, you know, stuff like that, you know. But they have a little thing like why Hollywood won't hire such and such actor anymore. So if there's an actor or an actress who you see like, oh, I haven't seen them have work in such a long time, and then they'll break down the reasons why Hollywood won't hire them anymore. And it's pretty good. So there are some that I've watched where they said that they won't get hired anymore sometimes because they're just too, uh, they're too political. And mostly just too right wing. Like I think Vince Vaughn fell under that category. You know? And Hollywood is mostly uh mostly liberal. You know. 
But I don't think that they really discriminate like that. It's usually happens when they go too far. Because if I'm working with, with an actress and I find out that actress voted for Trump, I'm not going to be like, well, I'm not going to work with her because she voted yeah. for Trump. Like, I'm, who gives a shit, you know? It's a job. <laughs> I'm not going to... Um, it's not... I will say, like, there's people that I hold to a higher... Like, if it was a black actor that said that, I'm yes. more likely to... or less likely to watch any of their stuff. So, like, right. I'm more likely to cancel them. But even then, if they come out with something that's really good that can't be denied, I'm going to fucking watch. I'm going to listen to it. That's why I listened to the Kanye album. Like, even though... and But it was trash, so I didn't listen to it. So, I mean, but I, I at least gave it a shot. Right. I gave him a chance to redeem himself. I, I mean, I rolled my eyes a lot of the times. Of like, I mean, like I said, the only place I draw a line is like when you fuck with little kids. After that, if you're like a pedophile or like some evil person who fucks with little kids, then I'm not going to with your artistry, period. Right. That's where my line is wrong. So just saying like, you're a Trump supporter doesn't mean I'm going to not support you, especially if what you're making is good music or good movies or good TV. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're somebody who says, well, I, I support Jimmy Carter, and, like, when you're, I always feel, I always look at it like this. If you're a, a liberal president, they got to make up shit to be mad about. But if you're a Republican president, they got to make up shit to, uh, that you've done right. Like in the case of Donald Trump, they have to make up stuff that he's done right. But before I digress, because I always tend to digress with these, I, I put up a meme. I actually, you know, the good thing about uh, nowadays is that if I have an idea for a meme, I could have that meme on the internet in five minutes. <laughs> and I made a quick meme of Roseanne Barr in a magazine shoot with her uh, making the uh, dressed up as Hitler, mustache and all making the, the, the Jew cookies, putting them in the oven. And the caption was, they, uh, that um, I was fired because, like, well, no, they said they deemed me a racist because I voted for Trump. That and nothing else. <laughs> because he does and says a lot of racist things. You know, she's made a lot of racist comments and – because she's had that show for so long, they gave her a pass. Now, to me, there is a huge difference. Like, Bill Maher got in trouble. And I thought it was overblown. But, you know, liberals, sometimes we can get a little wishy-washy. <laughs> sometimes. Most times. We could be milksops. And um, Bill Maher had a guest on. And I don't know what they grew in that particular state, whether it was cotton, whether it was whatever it was. But the guy invited Bill to come and just to see what it was like to come and work the fields, right? And Bill was just like, Psh. he was like, Psh, I'm a house digger. I don't do stuff like that. And the crowd was like, oh, and Bill was like, what? <laughs> you know, um, Louis C.K. talked about the N-word, you know. He talked about when, um, when, uh, some barista like made him a really great cup of coffee and Louis said he walked away after taking him like that nigga made the shit out of my coffee. You know, he wasn't even black. <laughs> and then even Patton Oswalt has, has said it once or twice when he said that, uh, and this is during Obama's first term, 
you know, when everybody was all hopeful. <laughs> and they said that, um, he said Obama's probably going to do such a great job. It's only going to be like at the end of it, there's going to be like two holdout rednecks in Alabama. And they're, they're going to see Obama on TV. And psh, there goes that nigga that gave us anti-gravity. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So people, it, it all falls under the Paul Mooney doctrine. And the Paul Mooney doctrine, which I heard him say after the whole thing with Fraser, not Fraser, um, Kramer, the guy, uh, the guy that played uh, Kramer on TV when he had that meltdown, his doctrine was, it is Michael Richards, yes. He said, um, it is, God, what did he say? Oh, he said, it's perfectly okay to tell racial jokes so long as they're funny. So, in other words, if you're just telling a joke just to get some laughs and you go a little bit too far, that's fine. But you can't just go ahead and just call Valerie Jarrett a monkey and think, ha-ha, comedy. No, it doesn't work that way. And with Roseanne, it's not um, a one-time thing. Because a one-time thing, yeah, you're going to get in trouble, but it could be forgiven. Roseanne has a history of this, a history from back when she was on the first show like 20 years ago. So this whole thing about, oh, I'm only a racist because I'm a Trump fan is basically her way of just erasing all the racist things she's done over the last two or three decades, you know? So I, I, always, I always thought that, you know, Trump fans are constantly just hiding behind, oh, well, you just don't like him because he's not your guy. No, I don't like him because he's a racist, because he started his political career by saying that Mexicans are racists and thieves and some might be good people. Like, if you really look hard enough, you might find a Mexican who's not a rapist. If, you, if you're willing to, to take that type of time to look. <laughs> so why... Uh, I just don't like when they just don't come out and say... Uh, and using Louis C.K. again, when Louis C.K. got caught in his sexual scandal, you notice that you never heard from him again, right? He just vanished. Yeah. Like, like, he, like he had a pocket full of ninja smoke bombs. And you know what he did? And I, I don't respect what he did to those women, of course, but I respect the fact that he just said, look, um, everything they said is 100% correct. They didn't lie. They told the truth. And I'm sorry. And poof, ninja smoke bomb, gone. You know? And I can respect that. And instead of Donald Trump, like, uh, like real quick, um, I spoke on Monday's show about Stormy Daniels, and I, and I was telling Blue, normally I wouldn't talk about Stormy Daniels because Donald Trump's sex life is not really any of my business. I don't really care what he does. Matter of fact, I don't want to think about what he does, you know, when he's, you know, ugh, poor Melania. <laughs> She's got to lay on that lopsided mattress next to Donald Trump. No, no, <laughs> but, um, no, those foreign thing bed sheets. I have them sleep in the same room. They definitely don't. There's no way in hell. <laughs> but um, I, I I look at it like this, right? With uh, God, I I hate when I do that. I think I'm getting old because I kind of forgot my point that I was making. Sleeping in the same bed or some shit. That's where you're starting to go with it. Oh, say again. You were starting to talk about Melania in the bed. Oh, 
Oh, I don't know. I I, I kind of you know that that's that's my fault because I digress way too much and then I forget my original point. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, I I look at it like this. You know, the whole thing with with the the Trump fans and the racism. You know, they get tired of being called racist, and we get tired of calling them racist. Because here's the thing, you don't have to disown your president, but you can admit when he's wrong. And if they would admit when he's wrong, we can meet them halfway. So we don't like everything about President Obama, every, all the stuff that he did. We don't appreciate drone strikes and, you know, taking out the public option and hiring all these Wall Street goons to run certain agencies. We didn't appreciate any of that. And, and we tell him so. My friend used to write him letters saying, hey, this is not why we hired you, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's still our guy, but we can admit when he's wrong, you know. And here's the thing. What would President Trump have done to make me not his guy anymore, you know. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one. Maybe commit treason. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I remember my original point now. I was talking about Stormy Daniels. Sorry about that. And like I said, I digressed and I lost my point. I talked about Stormy Daniels on Monday about her being arrested at that strip club. And um, she got arrested by four undercover agents. And I'll talk about it a little bit more on Monday because I wanted to give an addendum to that. Because I said normally a story like that would never make my radar because who cares, Right. That's a personal matter between her and Trump. Only thing that made it a government matter is that they may have he, they may have used campaign money to pay her off. That's the crime, you know. Him cheating on his wife is between him and his wife. But him using campaign money was uh, that's the crime because because of course there's laws against that. But um, I found out more information on the story that they tried to say that those four agents, those four detectives were at the club uh, going after a a prostitution and and, and child sex trafficking ring, right? So here's my thing. If those four cops were in the club and they just happened to see Stormy Daniels get handsy with a patron, because in Ohio they do have, I, I had to look it up, and they do have strict laws in their strip clubs, they're not allowed to touch the patrons. Which, why would I go to a strip club? I mean, I thought that was like the case in most strip clubs. In, in, it all depends on the way you go. When I was selling Blue on Monday, I lived in, uh, in Maryland near the D.C. border, right? Because I, I lived in Maryland and I worked in D.C. So in Maryland strip clubs, you can touch the girls. So, I mean, you can get lap dances and everything, Right. You just can't get, like, they, you know, but, of course, you know, you can't have sex with them. That's prostitution, so that's illegal. In D.C., their laws are like Ohio's laws. You can't touch the girl. So they'll do, like, the table dance and dance in front of you naked, but they can't touch you, and you can't touch them, which I think is just absolutely stupid waste of money, but what do I know? (laughs) But, um... It wasn't like the detectives were there and saw it happen and it intervened. The detectives were soliciting Stormy Daniels. So 
she did touch them, yes, but uh, they were there for her. They were trying to intimidate her and let them know that she's being watched, you know. And before, it was kind of like, okay, well, maybe. But I'm like, no, they were it, – it's, it's kind of crazy, you know, this whole thing. But I know I, I went all over the place, and I apologize. I know some people are probably trying to do a flow chart to figure out where I'm going with all this. Because I started out with Roseanne Barr as a racist and trying to uh, hide behind the fact that she's a Trump voter. But like I said, I, I parse it out. If you are – like, Odie, do you know anybody who voted for Trump? Um, yes. Yeah. And has, has you, Honestly, though, but – they don't know that I know, or and I don't trust with them. Like, so maybe I should real. I should also probably be clear. These are not my friends. I don't know that I have any actual friends that voted for Trump, right. but I know people that voted for Trump, and they don't know that I know. I I I feel bad because I have coworkers that voted for Trump, and I'm I'm close with my coworkers, you know. And I have coworkers who voted for Trump, and you know I mentioned before, like on election day, they it was I mean the day after when Trump won, it was so quiet, like it was like because they they just knew like okay, all my liberal friends are gonna be fuming, so don't say a word about the election, just come to work. Like it was the only time I know where the people whose side won came in frowning. Because they just knew, like, okay, I voted for Trump and he won, and now everybody's going to be mad. <laughs> so it, it was just kind of terrible. Like, I don't, I don't treat those friends, uh, those coworkers, any differently. But I remember when Trump had his State of the Address Union, and, you know, he did almost the entire thing without deviating from the teleprompter. And, you know, all the Republicans were so proud, and they were, and then I remember, because, you know, we work from home, so they have, like, a group chat that everybody gets in, and one of my, one of my Trump friends were just, like, you know, trying to start a conversation about the State of the Union address, because they want to talk about it, and nobody, nobody would bite, you know, and then when Trump committed treason, I wonder if she wanted to talk about it then. <laughs> Trump decided, you know, and we'll talk about that part of it more on Monday. But that's just a, a messed up situation. But I don't treat my Trump friends differently, but I never, never, never pass up an opportunity to rub their nose in shit. Never. I, I rub their nose in it every chance I get. And it's, and it's because, and it's not because they hold him accountable for the things he does wrong. It's because they never hold him accountable for the things he does wrong. Right. And that, that's why I do it. Odie, did you have anything else before we wrap up? No, no, I'm all set. Just uh, see what next week's shenanigans have in store for us as continue the saga of 45 in office as well turns. I hope. I, I I will say one other thing before we before we wrap up. I I saw a video. One of my friends posted a video. You ever hear a rapper called 6 9 Yeah, Takashi 6 9 mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I saw a video from him today, and I'm just like, is this dude on PCP? Like, this is the, you know, he has, like, the multicolored uh, 
the multicolored fronts and all the goofy jewelry and the hair and the, the six nine tattoo on his forehead and you know and he just looks like he's been on drugs for a long time. And I listened to one of his songs and I was just like, Well this song is garbage. But the yeah, song I any music that I know of. I, I, I listen to one of his songs. It, it's just your generic I wouldn't call it mumble rap, but it's like basically like wankster garbage, you know. Supposedly he's in the Bloods, and I didn't. I mean, he's in the Crips, I think. And I didn't realize that the Crips no longer uh, have blue like the Crips are red now. So he drives a blazer and a blade or a, or escalator, whatever it is, and it's red and it looks like a like a giant bandana. Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. Crips are no longer blue. When did I'm, they do that? I don't know, but I had to look it up because I'm like, wait a second. Why say he's in the Crips? That's the Bloods colors because I always associated Bloods with red. And then the Crips were blue. And I saw he had that red truck with the bandana. I had to look it up. And supposedly, because I, and, and obviously I wasn't the only person who asked that question. I don't know if they got together <laughs> and just say, hey, listen, let's just mix things up. <laughs> Because where the little cruise color will get you shot. So I don't understand how that's even possible. But supposedly he's in the Crips and, you know. But I saw a video of him. Uh, I think I might have posted it on my Facebook page. But if you listen to his music and you look at him, you're just like, it doesn't match. Because the dude looks like he should be making songs about, like, Rainbow Bright and uh, Care Bears and just rapping about lollipops, like, instead of trying to be gangster, like, yo, uh, yo I, I shot you in the chest, like, that doesn't, that, it doesn't match, you know, nothing wrong with being an individual, but I, I could, I could say this, I hope his rap career is successful, because if it's not, them tattoos ain't coming up easy, <laughs> I, I saw a special where, uh, I think it was a Vice special, they talked about uh, MS-13 gangs. And you know how they have all those tattoos all over their faces. And now they're like 35, 40. They don't want to be in a gang anymore. They want to try and live a normal life. So you see them, they have to keep going back every day. Not every day. Like like uh, once a week or something like that, they have treatments to get those tattoos off their faces. And they got to hide their faces. And sometimes if they get deported and then they get sent back, then they get killed. So they got to hide. And it's It's terrible. But you pretty much just made yourself a target by putting the goddamn tattoo on your face. I'm like, look, if you're not Mike Tyson, you shouldn't have a tattoo on your face. Iron Mike can get away with that. You know, you can't. <laughs> so, you know, even somebody like, uh, what's his name, Gucci Man, with the, who has a damn ice cream cone tattooed on the side of his face, I heard he had mental issues. I, I could believe it. But anyway, before we wrap this up, him and Fifty Cent seem to get along because they seem to troll people. That's their thing that they have in common. Yeah. So, what do you what are your final words, Odie? Final words. Um, I don't have any. It's been that time of Really thought-provoking, but I, I dug deep and I have nothing. Yeah. That's okay. 
Whatever. If I have any final words, it's this. It, you know what? At, at this point, uh, liberals and conservatives stay off each other's television shows because you don't belong on liberal shows because you have nothing good to say. And as evidenced by, if you watch that clip between um, Judge Janine and Whoopi Goldberg on The View, watch that. And then that's just perfect proof. Like, look, stay in your lane because no one believes the horseshit that comes out of your mouth. And if you're like Whoopi, I, 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 I clipped that picture of Whoopi Goldberg asking Judge Janine. Uh, she asked her, who is the... Because you know, she always talk about the deep state going after Trump because she's a huge Trump supporter. And she's just like, yeah, well, who is the deep state and how long have they been operating? And then she turns to the camera and gives the camera this look. Like, oh, get ready to listen to this bullshit here. Like, that's the, and then they end up yelling at each other, and there was a big brouhaha backstage. Whoopi Goldberg basically told her to go fuck herself, literally. And Whoopi Goldberg owned it. She was like, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, I said it. <laughs> Whoopi is my hero. So. Unapologetic. Hey, you know, that, unlike our president, she said something, she stuck with it. Like, yeah, that's me. I said that shit. So. But all right. But that is another episode of uh, 360 Degrees, part of the uh, Urban Breakdown Network. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on I need to make us a Twitter handle if we don't already have one. <laughs> Blue easy takes care of that. And you can find us where uh, we can get most, uh, most podcasts. This should be up later on today. So, all right, you guys have a blessed day. Thanks. You too. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. Bye, 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 bye.